This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. This episode is sponsored by the Live Alcohol Experiment, a 30-day science-based and compassion-led journey where you learn to develop a healthier relationship with alcohol without relying on willpower. Why? Because the truth is that willpower runs out. Instead, you learn how to focus on what you gain, not what you give up, so you can feel good about the decisions you make without shame or guilt. With the 30 days of video training, virtual daily coaching, and a private and supportive community, you get that and so much more. Join us today to get happier, healthier, and to take back your life. Your live alcohol experiment starts on the 1st, so sign up at livealcoholexperiment.com. Hello, everybody. It's Scott Pinyard, head coach at This Naked Mind, and I am back with another edition of Coaching Questions. I am very excited to be joined today by one of our amazing coaches, Debbie Talbert. How are you, Debbie? Hey, Scott. I am absolutely awesome. I am. It's perfect weather here in Florida. Uh, we don't have to have down the air conditioner. And <laughs> We can open the windows, unlike probably the rest of the world at this time is when we're recording this. <laughs> uh, yes, very much so. Air conditioning is not something that's on my mind right now. Um, so I asked you uh, to kind of send me a, a summary of, of who you work with, right? And here, here's what you sent me. You said, I work with two types of people, the 50-year-old plus person who's ready to change their drinking because it's getting in the way of going after a dream, and the life coach who knows their drinking is preventing them from creating the coaching practice of their dreams. That is very specific. Uh, yes. Tell me more about that, Debbie. Well, because what I realized is when I was doing my drinking at the more, the more I grow into this, the further I get away from the drinking, which now I'm into my fifth year, like mm -hmm. I've completed four years without any alcohol in my life at all. And so the further I get away from it, the more I also am stepping back and really uncovering why exactly was I doing it? What was I honestly believing at that moment in time that it was helping me with? But then also what was I actually uncovering that it was helping me to escape from? Mm. Right. And so what I uh, realized is I thought it was helping me with like decompress, de-stress, self-care around the job I had and the life I had because at the time I was actively I was a flight attendant and I was living in Florida working in New York and flying to New York for work first and then going to Europe and so mm -hmm. my life was extremely high stress and then I and also around the energy of a lot of people right all the people on the airplane all the people in New York all the tra all the stuff and the energy and so what I realized is I believed that alcohol was helping me de-stress from all of that. But what I also had was this dream of on the days I wasn't flying and while I wasn't flying was helping people in some fashion because my zone of genius at work was the jump seat therapist, right? Like yeah. I would be in between whatever our jobs were on the jump seat, literally helping people alter their outlook and people I would meet over and over again. And sometimes 
I wouldn't even remember their name, but they would see me again and tell me all the things that my conversation helped them change in their life. That's and so I cool. honestly wasn't remembering their name, but I was, <laughs> and at first I used to feel bad about it. And then I was like, well, I guess I touched them in some way. And the yeah. more I uncovered, like more about uncovering my zone of genius and stuff like that, I started to realize what I was actually literally able to do for those people. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to do that in some way once I finished flying, but my de-stressing method of alcohol was preventing me from even navigating and figuring out how to do that. But I didn't really realize all of that at the time I was drinking. It took further stepping away from it. And I was able to leave drinking because I uncovered what I believed it was solving and it wasn't solving any of that. And so I chose to be done with that using similar method of like what we teach at this naked mind. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but what I've come to realize further and why I do what I do now is because I know that as we are getting older, getting closer to like possible retirement, but yet we don't envision, okay, we're not going to sit around and just do nothing, right? Yes, we're going to do something anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Gonna, well, yeah, not playing <laughs> like really there. And it's so it's, yeah, you're retired from like a job you have, but you still want to feel fulfilled in some way and contribute and take all those life skills and turn them into some way you could help make an impact on another person's life. And so those are the people I focus on helping because they may not even realize how much the alcohol is preventing them from even taking the first actions because they don't like, they realize they think and they're tired. They're not uh, tying it all together. That yeah. It's possible. This is coming from all this drinking I'm doing. So that's really how I'm allowing and altering the outlook on that first. And then also help them alter the outlook on it's not too late yeah. to actually do this. Cause I'm 63 and I'm doing it. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I love so anyway. that. I, I think that that point about not tying things together. Um, well, I mean, I have plenty of experiences from my own life. You know, when I was drinking, thinking about like, Oh, well, I just, I, I'm an anxious person, right? I just have anxiety, right? Whatever that, particularly meant when I said it, but like, I, I wasn't tying it together. I wasn't tying together that the depression I was feeling, the anxiety that I was feeling, the stress that I was feeling. As a matter of fact, I thought alcohol was actually helping those things. So I was doing a million other things to try to change that, right? Like I was yeah. really kind of pushing myself, but the moment that you start to see, oh, wait a minute, this thing is what's standing in my way. Like this thing is what's, uh, you know, what's causing the problems. Like that is so awesome. So when you work, how do you work with people? Do you work with them one-on-one -on -one in groups? No, what I actually do is I do have one-on-one -on -one coaching. And so I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching packages for people that really just want to focus one-on-one -on -one and really focus in on it. And I really work with people for a minimum of six months because this is about uncovering and designing and creating and really, you know, creating what you want beyond once you're like, I call it fly out and yeah. of the drinking life because I've used all my flight attendant terms, right? And so yeah. throughout this process, we're learning where is your actual closest exit, just like I did on the airplane. And we're also it. learning where you need to put on your own oxygen mask kind of thing, right? And so the, it's a minimum of six months. The other way I work with people is in masterminds. And so it's a group of five in two different minds. I really have them separated out with the life coaches 
-hmm. And then also with people that they want to do some form of consulting or life coaching or coaching in some fashion with all their skills from that they're learning in their jobs. Mm -hmm. Right. And they really want to bring that to make an impact after they're done working. And so I have that group where the evening time is where we meet. And so then that's a specific group there. And so that one though is actually a minimum of a year because it's a whole journey and really creating that and putting together what that actually is for you kind of a thing. I love that. That's how I do it. I really, really (laughs) like the minimums. Um, You know, I mean, when I, so I don't, I, I work for this naked mind now, but like when I had my coaching business, I always had people ask me like, can we do this in like two months? Can we do this? And, and yeah, I mean, I guess we could like work through material, but what I always used to say is some kind of what you just said is like real change is going to take time. It's not something you can force. I love telling them that up front. So that's really cool. Um, Let's do some questions. What do you think? (laughs) All right. Let's do questions. I knew this was, we were getting ready for this. And I'm like, I have to keep this one on track because I could just talk to you all day uh, without without answering these. So let me, uh, let's read question number one. Uh, Here it is. Hello. There are lots of things about the last 20 years of drinking that I don't like, but the biggest one I'm struggling with is this. I've been drinking for so long. I don't feel like I know myself. Who am I without my martini? Have you had people work through this in the past and how has it gone for them? (laughs) Exactly. Right. That's exactly who, like part of that is the rebranding of it really is who are you in this world now without this? But part of the way that I like to help people first, because it's kind of like you're designing something, right? So you're going to, you designed alcohol into your life, right? With the repeated habits and whatever. So now we're going to design it out. So we're going to uncover different things. And the first part of it though is because, especially if it's been a while where you've been trying to stop, you right now don't have trust in yourself to figure this out. Yeah. Right. And so I, um, and I use exit in part, the T of exit is actually trusting yourself to figure this out. So to help you get back into trusting yourself around doing new things, I first start with uncovering and developing and helping you design new behavior habits that you want to start doing. And we take the focus off of stopping and exiting the, you're exiting the drinking life because you're going to be exploring and examining and Xing out different things and igniting your curiosity around stuff. But we're going to put the focus on the change we're first going to make our new habits. Yeah. It will help you progress towards as even just that for some people. And one of the new habits too is, okay, especially when you're in your four, you know, 40s, 50s, closer to that age that I work with, you're like at a point of, is this all there is in life? Yes. Is this what it's like? Is this what yeah. it's about? And that's a big part of why you keep turning to alcohol because you don't really want to answer that question. And you don't want to yeah. really look at like, is this what I did to myself? Why? Like, or whatever. Like, you really don't want to look at your own truths. So first is like, okay, what, how have you designed your life? What is it you're wanting it to be? And then what habits can we take and start practicing those first to trust yourself, to build up those first. Then we go into redoing and focusing on stopping 
untangle. I call it like untangling. It's like a necklace and it's yeah. all tangled together with the necklace. And if you pull it too hard, it breaks apart and whatever. So then we go about untangling the habit, but parts of this, of the new habits, for some people, they don't even, they, they're done. They like it. They design it right out. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. other people, we got to have, we need to go to the phase of, okay, now let's start untangling this habit. I really like that because it's, it's this idea of, it's this idea of rediscovering yourself. Right. And that's yeah. something I've seen over and over with uh, people that come through our programs. I mean, this so by the way, like uh, to the person who asked this question, yes, we've worked with people who've done this in the past. This <laughs> oh yeah, we common. forgot that part. <laughs> um, you know, we we separate from ourselves. So like, I know for me, I would I really defined myself. I was the Scotch guy. Um, I know you've heard the story before, Debbie, but like yeah. I remember one year. This was maybe, geez, it was a long time ago. It was right after I got out of college. Um, I went, so like, uh, it was Christmas time and we had with my girlfriend at the time, we had three different Christmases to go to. Um, we did them all in one day and I went to the first Christmas and I got this really like fancy engraved set of scotch glasses and some of those, um, scotch stones, the things that'll cool down your drink, but not melt like ice. Then I go to the next house and I got this really fancy like wine opener. Um, and like this whole kit with it. And then I go to the next house and I got this beer sort of kit, uh, not of making beer, but like beers from around the world. It was all this stuff. And at first I was thrilled. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. But then I was thinking about it when I was driving home and I'm like, oh my God, I'm the booze guy. Like everyone's, yeah, exactly. everyone's giving me this. There weren't, you know, books. There were, it was all alcohol. And like, that really, in a way, at the time for me, I took that on and I defined myself through that. And so I had this very same question, except for Martini. I'll say, who, who was I without my scotch? You know, I yeah. didn't know. But a few of the practical things that I think can really help in getting people to know that, I love the idea of making new habits. Um, one thing that I did is I broke down this identity of like the scotch guy. Like, what does that mean? You know, and I... Um, this is a separate topic. It's very different than what it means in my head versus what it means in real life. But I just stuck with what it means in my head, right? That yeah. meant I was the fun guy. That meant I made jokes, maybe even inappropriate jokes, right? That meant that people like to talk to me. And so I had this list of things and I'm like, oh, that's really what it means. It's not necessarily about the scotch. And it turned out that at least for me, and this isn't always the case, all of those things that the scotch guy was were actually me, like things I actually enjoyed. Um, but that that definition of me standing that, yeah, that defining myself as the guy standing there with a glass in my hand uh, was just kind of clouding that for me. But when I spent some time looking at it, I was like, no, all of those things about the drinking me, I enjoyed, just not the drinking. Um, and that was a huge help, but that process that journey is something we all have to go through. Um, and I think this person said 20 years, but I think the longer you're drinking, the more work it's gonna take um, to get to the other side of it and say, oh, this is where I'm happy. I think you like to call it designing your life, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And so it's more like, what does that, but you see, you had designed for yourself, right? In that moment, this branding of, I am the scotch guy. And yes. to you, right, that scotch guy was, the fun guy, like you literally design that kind of brand for yourself. And mm -hmm. so of course, when you're thinking, okay, this, I can't keep doing this scotch because I don't like how I'm behaving, what's going on in my life. Yes. 
of course you're going to resist letting go of Scotch Guy because you believe Scotch Guy is so tied to all the things that's really you, right? right? And so that's really part of what the first part is, is like what you're talking about, discovering who you are again. And we don't, especially unless you're in the realm of massively doing self-development, personal growth or whatever, once you get out of high school and college, like when do you ever, when does anybody ever say to you, when was the last time you thought about who you are discovering who you are? Yeah. Right. Like in the, or depending on what job you have. Right. So some jobs, yes, that might be part of it. So it really does depend like what, so it could have been for this individual 20 years since the last time they actually even thought about who am I yes. and what do I actually like to do? I just yes. know that I am trying to get my life surviving and doing the best I can. And so when you're telling yourself over and over, you're doing the best you can, that also signals to your brain, okay, yeah, this is the best. This is it. Let's stop yeah. even worrying about it. Let's have a drink. Yeah. And so you don't yeah. even start. So you've stopped your brain with the message you sent it. And so it's literally that uncovering in that work. And that's why, like you said, it is, that's why for me, it is a minimum of six months because this is a lot of, there's a lot to it. And that's where the coaching with a person and asking the guiding questions yes. and the different stuff is helping them alter their outlook on on that. And it's also what's awesome. Why I love that people are sending in questions, right? Because then some, we can like look at it and hopefully whoever sent that in will hear us like and give them some new ideas. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Let's go on to question number two. Uh, Here it is 49 days alcohol free today and loving it. I'm starting to feel like there are a lot of things in my life that I want to change. Is this normal? Am I in the middle of a midlife crisis and how do I work with it? There you go. It's a big one for you. (laughs) Well, okay. So the first one, is it normal? Yes. It's normal, right? Because knowing how the brain is affected, right? With all the alcohol. And like what you talked about where you're and you thought the anxiety and the different things you were experiencing was coming from your life itself. But on top of it, how the brain affects it is affected by the alcohol, how the alcohol affects it, the brain is, it causes a lot of that. You're like, you lose your creativity ability. You lose your ability to be present. You're increasing your anxiety. You're increasing your fears. And so when that's gone, then of course you have all this energy yeah. of like, oh my God, this is life. It doesn't actually always suck. Like, right? Yeah, like, exactly. what am I going to do now? Kind of thing. So that's the first one. What was the rest? I don't remember the rest. Or what are your insights on the rest on that part? Well, like, so yeah, I will totally agree that it's normal. And I think one thing I would add to that is, you know, over years of drinking, we tend to make a lot of crappy decisions. Um, and those crappy decisions have real impacts on our life. Um, and a lot of times we stop drinking, there's clarity that comes out of like, oh, I don't want to do this. And it could be anything from like, I don't want to be in this job. I don't want to live in this house. I don't want to live in this city, <laughs> like, you know, whatever. Right. It is. Yeah. I hear this all the time. So it's totally, totally normal. Um, the midlife crisis thing. I don't know if I can answer that. I don't, I don't know if it's midlife. Cause again, like <laughs> I see people of all ages go through this. I quit drinking when I was 35. Um, that is, I hope not a midlife crisis, right? 
but I felt, I felt the same thing, right? I felt that same energy. Um, and it's kind of like what you described, Debbie. It's like, you know, you get to the other side of this and you start looking around and you go, oh, this is amazing. Like there's so much stuff here for me to do. And now you have the energy and ability to, to do it and to focus on it. Um, and to well, create, figure it out and navigate it. I mean, there's not a, basically it's, you, you're realizing and especially at the, what they say, 47, 45, 47 days 49, in. Yeah. Right. You're realizing, yes, alcohol did lie to me. Like, or, or not really alcohol, the marketing about alcohol lied to yes. me. That's yes. really what's happening. But <laughs> so the last so, part of that question, and I'm curious, uh, I think we should both answer this because I think it's good. The last part of that question is how do I work with it? How do you work with, okay, so this would be going about really um, what I personally, the book I actually personally like is The Big Leap. Yes. Right. And so I would recommend with this energy, if you really want to figure out, like I have all these things to change, but where is my zone of genius? Where would I be the happiest now with all of this like brain space I have? Yeah. This energy I have and this ability to think clearly. And so I personally think that would be the best place to start. And then from there, you could figure out where do you want to go next? Personally. I love, yeah, that's so good. I, um, I, I coach people through the big domino exercise, which a lot of times like the big domino for us is alcohol, but the, the secret behind the, the big domino idea um, is that there's always a big domino, right? Like yes, there's always there going is. to be. And so here's what this means, right? When I say the big domino, what I'm talking about, we've got a list of things. It sounds like this person has a list of things about their life that they want to change, that they want to make different in some way. Um, now, all of those different things are going to have different amounts of effort, maybe different financial impacts, different emotional impacts. Um, the key here is to figure out which out of all of those things, if you were to change that, would make doing the rest of them easier. Right. So you can see how this applies to alcohol. That's obvious. Um, but what isn't, I think, always obvious to people is that it applies to a lot of other things, too. So, you know, if you've got this goal to like to give you a ridiculously simple example, if you've got a goal to run a marathon and you've got a goal to lose 30 pounds, if you lost the 30 pounds first, running the marathon is going to be a lot easier. Right. Um, and so that's the idea behind this. So what I like to suggest people do, and it's a really fun exercise, is to just sit down give yourself some space, put on some music um, and just think, all right, five years from now, here's what I want my life to be. And just write about it, write about your relationships, write about your day-to-day, -day, write about your finances, whatever comes to mind um, and then figure out, okay, what are the things I need to change to get there? That gives you that list. Um, yeah. And, you know, it could be very long. I know mine was, I'm still working on mine. It's not, it's not over yet. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's very easy to look at that list and say, oh, well, if this thing was different, it really affects everything else. And that helps to give you an idea of like, here's where I can start working. Um, and then um, I can't recommend enough getting in touch with a coach to help do this. Um, and here's why. Um, this energy that this person is feeling right now, I love. Um, I can feel it just like reading their question, which is awesome. Right. I didn't mention yeah. there were five exclamation points after loving it, <laughs> that question, by the way. Um, but 
the idea of having a coach and what coaches do, and this is true in the alcohol journey as well as post-alcohol, um, you know, you can get where you want to go on your own. That is absolutely possible. A coach is a shortcut, right? A coach can take a process that maybe would have taken 10 years and make it one year. And if you think about that for a second, like, wow, if I were to, if I were to make the changes I want to make over the next 10 years in one year, what does that mean for the next year? Um, and that's why having a coach, especially at this point in the journey is so valuable because you have the energy, you have the desire, right? You're right there right now. Right. So it's really kind of those two things of, you know, looking at doing kind of that big domino exercise, but then also finding someone to coach you through it, to help see the things that you can't see so that you get where you want to go faster. Right. Like, in other words, like helping you find like your exit might be in front of you, might be next to you and it might be behind you. Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. And so when you are the one in it, like you have all this energy and you wanted to make the change, but you can't stand further back. Right. And so the questions and the guidance of the coach is going to be what's going to help you uncover for yourself. Like, it's not really like the coach is not telling you the actions, but with the right guiding and the questioning they're going to help you together uncover. And that's why I agree with you. Like, yes, you can do all this yourself. However, if you really want to speed it up and, um, and uncover the, like with guidance and help and uncovering it quicker, the coach is an ideal way to go about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think back on my journey and I was thinking a lot about what it would have been like. I didn't have a coach. I quit with the book. Uh, with the book, This Naked Mind. And so I, I read it once and and I did what Annie tells us not to do right in the beginning of the book. Like she says, take your time. And I was like, I'm not doing that. And so I read the whole thing in two days um, and I was really excited. I got a big emotional charge off of it, um, but it wasn't enough time for me to actually like make the shift. So it was only the second time through that when I took almost two months to go through the book and I would stop after each section and I would start writing about how it applies to me. Um, and so I did that work over a two month time frame. I was able to quit drinking with that. That did give me the shift, but here's the thing, like it continued, like I continued to experience more and more shifts as I continued on my journey. And right. I just think about like, man, if I had had a coach, <laughs> I could have done all of that <laughs> in a much shorter amount of time. Um, yeah. Exactly. But this is why, like, yes, I'm now growing a coaching practice, right? But I have a coach. Yeah, same, same here. Why would I, I mean, to me, it's to me now it would be seem illogical to not have one. Yeah. Because yeah. I honestly can't see what I can't see. Right. Yes. And especially when you're the one splashing around in the pool, <laughs> drowning. Yeah. And you can't even see it at all. Even with this coaching skills and the training you have, you literally can't see it. Yes. 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 So, I know. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. I, I was struggling with something uh, we can move off this topic in a second, but I was struggling <laughs> yeah. with something the other day. Um, and I reached out to my coach about it and I told her like, here's what's going on. And she replied like a 15 second reply saying, Oh, have you considered this? And I'm like, how did I not see that? Like, I almost got angry. I was like, this is like, if someone I was coaching came to me with the same question, I would have seen it. But because I was in the middle of it, because yeah. I was feeling the emotions of it, um, I just didn't see it, you know? Uh, anyway, so anyway, coaches are awesome. Everybody get a coach. <laughs> right. But that's like um, with your grant, when my grandkids are watching me struggle with technology, 
And then they come over and go, oh, no, no, you just push that button. I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, we can now move. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're just about out of time anyway. So I'm going to ask you, uh, I'm going to ask you the curveball question. Oh, no. Are you ready? I don't yes. let anyone know what this is ahead of time. I like to see okay. the responses. So um, if you were to write a book about your life, what would you title it? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. The journey of learning to live flossom. L flossom? Did you say well, flossom? Yeah, loving your flossom self, your flaws and your awesomeness. I so <laughs> the journey of learning to live flossom. <laughs> that is... That is totally good. You better write that book because I think once other people hear it, they're going to totally try to steal it. <laughs> they might, they might. Like, well, because I do kind of say that with my clients. I'm like, yeah. oh, so you you want to live other than flossum. Like, yeah. well, so they know what it means, but that's anyway, so, good. so yeah. So really, that's really what I've been learning how to do. That's as, good. You know, love oh. my flaws and my awesomeness. <laughs> Please write that book, Debbie. Please. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much. This was great. Thank you for taking the time to do this. It's always. Oh, uh, it was. I had a blast. I had a blast. And if people want to find out more about you and your programs, what uh, what's your website? Well, now some people might have been able to guess by now, <laughs> but it is actually jump seat, like the seat the flight attendants sit in, coaching.com. Awesome. Thank so, you. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Um, and thank you to everybody who's listening. Uh, I will be back next time with another edition of Coaching Questions. Until then, see you later. Hey, I'm so excited because we are literally just about to start another live alcohol experiment. And if you don't know about the alcohol experiment, you need to literally drop everything right now and go to livealcoholexperiment.com. Here's the thing. This is a 30-day challenge and it's designed to interrupt your patterns and put you back in touch with the best version of you. You'll know it's that version that's living the most joyful life. That version that doesn't need alcohol to relax or have a good time. And that version that's having more fun and is more peaceful than ever. Again, it's just a 30-day challenge. It's live every single day. It's starting on the first. So hurry up, join me at livealcoholexperiment.com. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.